Hello, everybody, and welcome to Around the ACL. It's me, Michelle Thompson, joined by Anthony Ione and Trey Ryder. And we didn't have cornhole this weekend, unfortunately, but we do have some coming up this weekend and, of course, the National the next weekend. So just sit tight, everyone. It's coming. So how are your guys' weekends? Trey, any any cornhole action? What was going on over there? Uh, not a ton. I mean, maybe a little bit to watch. We can talk about the top dog a little bit later. But for the most part, it's just like so much prep getting in. It was, you know, it's just been cornhole mania prep cornhole mania prep and then we're like oh wait there's an open this weekend <laughs> like <Right>? it's, <laughs> it's just been like so much prep and i feel like we're starting to get a little taste into the season the rest of the season because this summer is going to be redonkulous as far as like events after events after events after events we're gonna have to make this a two-hour show i mean it's just gonna be so much <laughs> to, to talk about in the summer so it's, it's i believe time. it yeah, absolutely. Anthony, anything exciting this weekend for you? A lot of kids basketball this weekend for me. I spent most of the weekend in a gym, uh, just ending seasons with playoffs and stuff like that. And then had some cornhole coming into the weekend. I get to play every Wednesday night. That's my night to kind of go out and play. And a lot of personal bests for me, actually. So I was really excited about, and for a guy that's not practicing anymore as much, it was kind of a surprise, but a lot of personal best for me. So I was really excited. Uh, Wednesday, I was like, oh, I've got this game figured out. And then I promise you the next time I play it, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, I don't have it figured out. <laughs> hey, at least you go like day to day. I go round to round. I'm like, i got to figure it out next game. No, I don't. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Not so much. All right, let's go into the open number nine preview. We have that this coming weekend in Cedar Falls, Iowa. Um I haven't even had a chance to take a peek at this list yet, but uh, what are you looking forward to, Trey? Big picture, small. It will be the mm. smallest open that we've had. Now, I will say it's a little different. I felt I felt like it's the complete opposite of Kansas City. Kansas City, open number eight, I felt like we had a ton of people there. It was one of the highest attended opens, but as far as pro attendance goes, it felt like it was on the lower side of the pros in concentration. This feels opposite. This feels like a lower attended event, smaller field, but you could argue that there's some top level talent there. There's a lot of strong players there that will make this still quite a competitive event. So again, this feels like a corrective action tool for a lot of players. This feels like I didn't play well at the first national or maybe some did, but this felt like, okay, let's see if I can write the ship before I get into this second national and try to get higher in the rankings, things of that nature, try to correct some things. So it's a, another tune up opportunity for some pros. That's a great point because we've got nationals coming up next weekend. So this could be the chance for them to kind of work through some stuff in a competitive field. Anthony, what are your big picture thoughts about this open? Yeah, real similar thoughts. I mean, if we kind of look at the string of events, we had open number eight in KC. What was it? Weekend after before last. And then we had top dog this weekend. We got national number one weekend after this. So it was just kind of four events kind of stacked up, I think, week after week. And we're seeing it in the roster. And to me, I, it kind of feels like it's it's as wide open as KC for anyone to take it kind of open, open, open field to go get it. The open is open. All right. That's awesome. Yeah. Open is open. <laughs> what, about, <laughs> what about, uh, Anthony, any uh, singles that we should be looking out for? 
Yeah, single. So, I mean, we can start off with like a Jeremy Shermerhorn, who's had a lot of success in doubles play uh, right now. I mean, here's a great opportunity for him to make a statement in singles. Also, like a David Morris. I mean, he's been a pro from the beginning. Uh, one of the original pros. Was that 2018-19, Trey, when they started the, the pro division? Yeah, 2017-2018 kind of had this weird... Like we weren't calling them pros, but they were signing contracts. But okay. and then it was the following season that we had the first pro division. So he wasn't the one of the original sixteen that signed an ACL player contract, but he did follow up the next year and was a part of the first ever pro division. Okay, yeah. So so definitely at the, at the beginning, kind of this thing. And and a fellow engineer, I I think naturally he's probably going to overthink the game like I do. Very cerebral. I mean, one of those guys that thinks two or three shots ahead. Um, I, it's about time for me that that Morse kind of gets going in singles. He peeked his head into the singles arena at nope open number seven, taking fifth overall. He's having really good success in doubles. I think a great opportunity to come in and surprise everybody as a sleeper and, and, and maybe end up in the finals of this thing. But it is going to take his best stuff, and he's certainly capable. Um, definitely got to talk about a Noah Elmanza. I mean, one of the most consistent open singles baggers right now. He wins open number three, but he's also has a bracket win, a third overall, a second overall, and a couple other thirds in brackets. So he's just really consistent in the opens. He can certainly come out and, and snatch one. But for the championship, I like a Windsor and a Mark Richards with a Cedro kind of somewhere in there, making it difficult for those two. Mark Richards, a show out rookie this season and Mr. Consistency with the blind squirrel. Um, Richards and Windsor actually run into each other twice this past weekend. Um, Mish, they split those matches. So Windsor gets one 21-10, Richards gets 21-7. So I think it would be really dope to see both of them show up in the finals as that tiebreaker at an open number nine singles final. Mm, they set it up for that. I like it. <laughs> Trey, what, any additional singles we should look out for? Uh, Richards is on the top of my list. I think he's, I think he should be the p favorite to win. I really do. I mean, that's, uh, I think he should, uh, he's, he's playing. I tweeted out yesterday. There's three, three best players in the world right now are Matt guy, Alex Hicks and Mark Richards. And people can argue all they want about who should be one, two and three. That's fine. But those are the three best. And I don't think you can really have a legitimate argument for anybody else. Um, so, so I, I think Mark, Mark Richards should be a favorite to win Ryan Windsor. I just, we talked about Liz a little bit before the show starts. He's, he's developed a little bit like Birchfield, a little bit of this follow through step. And I don't like it for him. He's, he's lived his entire career in that, that tiptoes delivery. And yeah. I don't like the follow through. I, I think he just needs to fix that, that mechanics issue that I'm seeing with him. The only other one. A player that we were talking about right before the national, about arguably being a top five player in the world, Jimmy Humans. He's he's playing in in this event. He's playing in singles, and I didn't even know who his partner was in doubles. Right. That feels like a kind of a let's have some fun in doubles type of situation. But on the single side, we forgot about him a little bit just because he. One, when he played with Tyler Cobb, they didn't play well in doubles. We do know that it was mostly on Cobb's front that they didn't succeed that well. So we kind of out of sight, out of mind on the double side for humans. And then on the single side, he still finished 17th. So 
He didn't finish in the top 10 for us to talk about him enough, but he still played well enough. And you could argue, you know, if not for a bracket aligning a certain way, he could have again finished top 10, maybe even top five, getting into a bracket final. So Jimmy Humans can certainly come into this event and kind of reassert himself as one of the best players in the world, make it to a final, maybe even win the whole thing. So really looking for for, for Jimmy Humans in this case to, to have a breakout performance in singles. Yeah, good call. Yeah, absolutely. What about in doubles, Trey? What are you thinking? Now, although I'm mad at Ryan Windsor for his change in mechanics, him and Herrera are still Herrera are still going to be and should be viewed as one of the best teams in the world. This again, I'm having a similar situation, a similar feel here, where I say, I think, just like at the Vegas National, they should win their bracket. Now they didn't. They lost and got double dipped by Storm Hogue and Jacob Trzinski. And I don't know if it was a little bit of a time off after they had won the winners bracket, but. They got beat pretty handily in those double dip games. So where are Windsor and Herrera as a doubles team? If it's not them, you know, some people will point to Morrison Almanza. I'm kind of all in right now on Mark Richards. Mark yeah. Richards and Philip Lopez. I mean, I, I it was like one of those things where I, I'm going through this progression in my head. Mark Richards is good. Mark Richards is really good. I really, really like Mark Richards. I'm just like, I'm talking myself into this Mark Richards fan club. And yep. I don't think I've said one word in my lifetime to Mark Richards. I don't think I have talked to Mark Richards in person. But after watching him consistently, I just, I think that he is just unbelievably consistent. I think him and, and Philip Lopez, who sit right number nine in pro doubles rankings in the country, I think they, they may be a favorite to win this weekend in Iowa. Interesting that you didn't bring up Storm Hogue and Jacob Trzinski. I'm curious, Anthony, were they on your list? Yeah, they are. And I'm kind of looking at this one as like the battle of the bubble. I mean, the field is loaded with these teams just outside of top 10 or on the verge of their first big doubles tournament win. I'd kind of start with like a Derek Singleton and a Jerry Shermerhorn. No success in opens, but then they come out and take second in their bracket at national number one. Shermerhorn stroking right now, throwing some of the best bags uh, that he's ever thrown in doubles. I'd keep an eye on them this weekend. Noah Almanza, Derek Morris, uh, also on that bubble. Lots of open doubles experience. They've got a seventh in a bracket, a ninth they've overall, and they have a third in a bracket. Thought they would do a little better at nationals, took 15 in their bracket, but here's a great opportunity for them to come out and put themselves in the championship match. Definitely Hogan Trzinski. I mean, their breakout performance couldn't be timed better. I mean, they fired up the pro season in Vegas, winning their bracket, taking second overall to Malone and Johnson on the ESPN big stage, on the big stage, really just highlighting their skills and what they could bring to the game. So I do have a lot of expectations for them at this next open. Can they run it back like they did in Vegas? But you already mentioned them, Mark Richards and Philip Lopez. Second in their bracket in an open. So they, you know, they were really deep in open number seven, um, seventh overall at national number one and a doubles team off most radars right now, but has the capability to finish top 10 in the pro division. In my, in my opinion, um, I talked last week about their elite level success in singles. Um, but now they come together as this powerhouse double team. If I was Richards and Lopez, I'd certainly be thinking this is our breakout tournament. I mean, this is what's going to put ourselves on the national map 
as a doubles team uh, taking down this this open number nine. Um, but yeah, you can't ignore Windsor and Herrera. I mean, they kicked off the season. They won open number one um, to kick off the season. They took the king seat in their bracket C in Vegas. Uh, they should have won that thing. Uh, kind of a step back for me a little bit, but still, they were in that king seat. So yeah, I like Windsor, Herrera, Richard Lopez in the final with the storyline that this is Richard Richards and Lopez time to put themselves on the doubles map. Yeah. For on the Sherwin Horn and Singleton front, let's, let's anybody got a coin. We'll flip a coin. If it's heads, Sherwin Horn and Singleton make it to the finals. If it's tails, they make level two, they, they level make two. level two doubles. So <laughs> oh, that, no. there's your coin flip for those two. Wow. I was going to say, I wonder if after making the broadcast, if, if, Hogue and Trzinski are like a team that people fear. Like, you know, you see Windsor and Herrera, you're like, oh, geez, it's going to be a tough one. I'm wondering if now they're creating that mentality of, oh, I don't know if I want to play that team. That's going to be a tough one. So interesting yeah, to see how they come the out in open. Yeah, part of the reason I didn't like jump out and put them, you know, as number one, number two is so many times I see the sophomore slump, which is huge breakout tournament performance. The next place they go to it, it has to be a letdown, right? There, there, there's, mm -hmm. there's no way you can do that unless you, uh, unless you can win the whole thing. And so I'm, I'm expecting a layoff and that has nothing to do with their skill level. It's just hard to maintain that level of success. So I'm just expecting a little bit of a, of, of a drop off and it just has to come, come naturally. Now, if they can fight back through and, and do it and, and overcome it. Awesome. Um, but it's it, it's going to require them to ceiling again at the right time. Facts. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's bring Mike on he, for our Morton's Corner. He said he's got a game for us, so uh, let's see what he's got. Welcome, Mike. I love games. <laughs> I bet you do, Trey. This one, Isn't that why we're all one? here? <laughs> yeah, this is probably right up your alley. So, uh, you know, I may, I might be leading uh, Mish and Anthony into the uh, the slaughter here, but we're going uh -oh. to see what we got. All right. <laughs> oh, no. So, Love it. All right. I spent some time delving into uh, standings, went back the last couple years, and the, the central point or thesis I was trying to, to work around was how hard it is to stay at the top. So, that, that was what got me really delving into this. And then I started coming across what I thought was some interesting numbers. So without further ado, um, because I want to talk about some of the numbers, but I don't want to give away any of the questions. So we're going to plunge right into this. And the first question I'm going to ask is, notwithstanding this season thus far, but the previous two seasons, 2020 and 21, how many players out of the top 10 repeated back-to-back -back top 10 finishes. And I'm going to start so from with 20, So from 2020 and then repeat it in 2021? Correct. Out of the okay. top 10 in 2020, how many were in the top 10 in 2021? Man. Well, I, from what we've been talking about today, I'm going to go low and say, so it's out of 10, so three. Okay. Anthony? Yeah, I don't think that's too far off. Um, repeated. We definitely got Trey Birchfield, Ryan Windsor, maybe Eric Davis. Are you sure Trey Birchfield? Uh, are we talking first first place, back-to-back? -back? 
Yeah, no, no, you're right. I'm going to go two. I'm going to go two. <laughs> so here's what I would go through is so I, I was almost guaranteeing Hisner, and then I was top like, wait, Hisner finished top 10 finishers. Yeah. yeah. I, it wasn't Hisner. It's got to be Henderson. Henderson's there. Um, Windsor's there. Windsor was second both years. Graham was not there because Graham at the end of 2020-2021 was, um, or end of the previous year, was obviously number one, but he didn't last year. He wasn't a captain. I'm kind of going through my captains here. It's like... I don't think Henderson was. I don't think Henderson was two years ago. I think Hisner was. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Henderson was was the 2018 player of the year. I, I just can't see him going... Player of the year dropping, dropping, then back up to four last year. I just feel like he's. Ooh, Damon Dennis, I think did it. I'll say I like I like Misha's number of three. Yeah, I think three. it's down in there. All right, the correct answer is is I may have overplayed my hand at the beginning. The correct answer is five. Wow. Five. Mm. So Who are uh, they? Anthony and Trey, you, you guys. Uh, um, well, wait a minute, Anthony, you said two, right? Yeah. All right, so Mish and Trey, you guys split a point there. Uh, the five oh, were Birchfield. Birchfield had a seventh and a first. <laughs> Damon Dennis had a sixth and a third. Windsor yeah. had a second and a second. Jay Rubin had a ninth and a sixth. That was one. That was one we missed. And uh, Mr. Quiet Eddie Grindersleeve back to back tenth place finishes. Yeah. What was yeah, man? Call. What was Henderson in 2019-2020? Um, I want to say he was in the 30s or 40s. It was wow. definitely, it was definitely, wow. uh, a gift. uh actually, I, I, I overdid it a little bit. He was 27th. Wow. 27th was, uh, was Hisner in that 2020 list? Uh, no, I think he finished ahead of, uh, of Henderson. Hisner, Not last. Hisner was, uh, fourth and 18th, fourth and 19 and 18th and 20. Yeah. I was right. going to say so he, he was, was fourth. fourth. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, knew that. Fourth. Yeah. And yeah. I almost put him in, and I was like, wait a second. He had, like, the 13th – he had, like, the 15th pick in the draft, which means he had to have been in the <laughs> 16 to 18 range. So I was so, like, I want to go through it that way. So out of those 2019 top 10 players, we just established five of them repeated in the top 10. But the other five, I'm going to give you their ranks in 2020. 27th, 36th, 18th, 30th, and 47th. So that wow. shows you the, the drop off. Half of them repeated, and then half of them finished between 18th and 47th the following year. Yep. Yep. It's Makes like sense. a sharp turn. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to win. Now, looking at who's in the top top 10 last year, and assuming only half will will make it back this year, right now the best performing player is Eric Davis in 13th. None of the top 10 from last year are in the top 10 so far this year. Uh, admittedly, we're early, but um, there's a lot of work. None? None. That is wild. 13th wow. for Eric Davis well, and 17th for Damon Dennis are the best two. We talked about so all the, the rookie rookie talent, you know, so I guess it's not a total shock. Yeah, just real quickly, Birchfield's in 29th, Windsor's in 49th, Henderson 193rd, uh, Dennis 17th, Brett Guy's in 57th. Ruben 53rd, Herrera 25th, Harbaugh 29th, Stout did not play, and 
Rendersleeve 37th and Davis 13th. They both tied for 10th last year. So that will not be the case after. No, no, the standings are going to shake. No, absolutely. So, so, all right, really quickly, I just had a few of these jotted down here. I wanted to get your guys' take on this. This is the game portion of it more than anything else. Um, the first question, there was a player that came really close to doing that. Um, he came in a, a 10th and a 13th. Any guesses? 13th last year? 13th last year. 10th and, and 19, or in 20, 13th and 21. This is a bonus. Um, Eric Anderson. Ding, 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 ding. I was going to say, oh, dang it, he got me. Yes. Because I was going ah, 13th. Bonus point. So again, I had He's to go close. 13th. <laughs> who had the 11th pick in the draft? Because we had two bit. I was going through. Who had the 11th yeah. pick in the draft? Yeah. So. Ray's being too <laughs> analytical on you, Anthony. He's, he's trying to sit there and logically think it all out. <laughs> That's a good one. All right. So, so um, I'm going to throw out now a couple rankings for you. And I'm going to give you some names to choose from. And then you tell me who you think those rankings belong to. All right. The first one, 140th and 17th. All Wait, right. Is and that... I'm going to give you, and I'm going to give, I'm going to give you a multiple choice here. 140th in 2020, 17th okay. in 2021. Okay, so they, they improved in 2021. Yes. Multiple choice here. We've got Sorrells, Renner, or Washington. Oh, I got this one. Yeah, I know this one. All right, at the uh, same time, if you if you oh, think wait. you know it. No, I don't. All right. It's not. Please. Oh. All right, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start at the bottom of my screen. Mish, you get first crack. I thought it was Renner. You Boom, stick with that. Sorrell's Renner or Washington? Washington. One fortieth and seventeenth. I'm going Washington. I got a Renner in go. Washington. I'm going to go Renner, but I think Washington is right there too. Like right. he might be Renner. If you said if you said Renner, you get another point. Dang it. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one is uh 29th and 21st. Very consistent finishes. Um 29th and 21st. And your choices are Josh Gross, Matt Sorrells, or Kyle Malone? Sorrell's Gross or Malone? Oh, no. 29th through 20, 29th and 21st. And I'll go with you this time first, Anthony. I I like Malone for this one. Okay. I think it's Sorrell's. I right. think it's Gross. <laughs> All right. So only one of you are going to score. And it's going to be Anthony. Kyle Malone. Oh, yeah. I was supposed to be good at this. Yeah, I know. Stop. in his favor. Oh, getting killed over here. <laughs> All right, next up. And you'll get to go first on this one, Trey. 22nd and 35th. Baldwin, Morton, Maudlin. 22nd, 22nd 35th. 35th, okay. So I know okay. it's not. I know it's not one. And I know Morton, Maudlin, and Baldwin. Baldwin. Mm. I'll say you said twenty second and thirty fifth. Yes. 
In that order. I'm going to go Baldwin. Okay, Baldwin. I'm going to go Baldwin. All right, Mish. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it's Baldwin, but I don't think it's Maudlin or Morton, so I got to go Baldwin. Okay, I got two Baldwins. Who is uh, the third name real quick? Baldwin, Maudlin, and Morton. And Morton. Oh, yeah. No, Morton's out. I, I like Baldwin, too. I like Baldwin, too. Yeah, it's definitely not Morton because Morton was top 10 one True. year. True. Yep. All right. Frank Maudlin. Frank was Jelly. Jelly. 22nd and 35th. Ah, I'm sorry. Oh. I messed my own game up. Baldwin was the Yeah. Yeah. Take that. Ah. yeah. <laughs> Frank Maudlin was 37th and 26th, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought it was flipped because I thought yes. the year that he had with Graham was a bad year for him. Yes. And I thought he had rebounded and gotten better. So that's and he finished the year so strong last year. He he got all the way up to 26th after having a really bad draw at the kickoff and starting off low. So right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Morton was Morton was top ten. Yes, and then he year. dropped and he dropped to 47th last year. So he was eighth and 47th. Yeah. All right. So last one, guys. Let's see. Um, Actually, that's that's it. The game's over. <laughs> the game is over. The Anthony is over. wins. Anthony, <laughs> Anthony I had one more. I had one more note here. Actually, we, we will do one more bonus question. All right. Ooh, this, like one, okay. this was a bonus question. Bonus. Fifteenth and sixteenth. Oh. Consistent. Oh, I know this one. I think I know no this. No multiple one. choice. We just have to go off the cusp. It, uh, yeah. it, you get the for the bonus points. You got to go off the cuff. If nobody gets it right, I, going, I have a vote. I got a vote. I actually, right. I had two. No, no, no. I have one. I have one. All right, James Washington. Oh yeah, he killed it. That that that's uh, he was consistently in those teens back to back years. So that would be my best guess. All right, Mish. Anyone different? And that one I would surprise that. a lot of people. I think it would. That's why I think it's that, a good yeah. question. Is that it? Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and say yes. That is it, and that's why I, I redeem myself. <laughs> I, I I think that James Washington flies under a lot of people's radar. And fifteenth and sixteenth, um, when, when you sit and you look at, and I understand things change rather rapidly in this game. I get it, um, but when you look at two thousand and twenty and two thousand twenty one, and you look at who's finished consistently. There's not a whole lot, not a whole lot of players that have finished, let's just say top 50 um, in those two years. You know, it, it's really hard to do that. I want to go back on one specific one that you went. I know we'll, we'll run a little bit on, late on time here, but the one that got me the most was when you did Renner. And the reason it got me now that I'm really thinking through it is because you said 140th to, to 15th or 16th or 17th, 17th or whatever it was. And I said, in my head, I told myself, there's no way it could be Renner because if Renner had made that jump, she would have won breakout player of the year last year, but she didn't. It was Jimmy Humans and kind of Mike Ferreira did that weird, yeah. let's split the award type of thing. But now that I think about it, the reason that Renner went all the way up to 16th was because the world championship had to count for everybody's final standings. Yeah. But we did awards 
based on only the regular season. So in reality, Renner was probably 50th whenever, you know, the world championship started, but because she got those bonus points came all the way in second place that propelled her all the way into 16th or 17th. So it got me. It it was a little gotcha (laughs) moment there. (laughs) I thought that one might trip somebody up. That's all I have. I hope y'all were keeping score. Uh, I was going to just say that Anthony killed us. Well, I mean, the draft was a, the draft was our good cheat sheet, you know, like we got a little help from there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that was pretty fun. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate that. We'll see see you next time. See ya. All right. We're just going to touch really quickly on the news around the league. We had the top dog tournament happening this past weekend in singles. Alex Hick took first. And then second, Mark Richards. Third, Ryan Windsor. In doubles, Alex Hicks and Kyle Malone took first, followed by Jordan Power and Trey Birchfield. And third, Noah Almanza and Steven Bernisset. Um, All names that we definitely know. Um, So congrats to everyone at the Top Dog Tournament. Um, Any quick thoughts on that before we move into our next segment, guys? I wish I had stats on that Mark Richards-Alex Hicks game. I'm I'm very upset that they didn't use a bag tracker, but... um... It, it was a really, really cool matchup there at the end. Hicks gets the win, and like I said, that's that's a top three player in the world versus top three player in the world. Great great start for those guys. Yeah, Mish, let me just throw this at you real quick. So <clears throat> it's the start of a tournament, right? You pull open your phone, you pull up the tournament, and you're going to go, all right, what is my travel through the bracket going to look like? You look at your game one, it's going to be Chucky Love, and you're like, oh, crap, okay, 21 ranked player in the state. This one's going to be tough, but, or in the, in the league, if I can get through this, I'm going to, I'm going to be able to run to the end. No, your second game is Jordan power. Your third game is the open or the uh, national singles champ, Steven Bernisette. Your next game is going to be world champ, Trey Birchfield. Then you got Ryan Windsor. Then you got Mark Richards in the final. That is the run that Alex Hicks went through to win this thing. But check out the scores real quick. He gets Chucky love 21, 11. And then rolls from there. Jordan Power 21-4, Bernisette 21-8, Birchfield 21-4, and Ryan Windsor only gets two points before he hits wow. up Mark Richards in the final. He didn't just win that thing. He dominated that thing. Unbelievable, man. I couldn't believe it. It's crazy. My goodness. That is crazy. All right. We're going to move into buy or sell, and it's going to be the Pro Invitational Edition. So we have the 2022 ACL Pro Invitational uh, over at Airmail City in California in September of this year. It's going to feature the top eight men and the top eight women ranked in pro single standings, and they're going to compete for $100,000. So I'm going to give you guys a name, and then you tell me whether you buy that they're going to stay in the top eight or sell that they won't for that Pro Invitational. You guys got it? Yep. Got it. Cool. All right. Number one, Doug Zaft. Buy or sell? Is he staying in that pro invitational or not? Trey. So I am going to surprise Anthony here because I am going to buy it. And the reason I am going to buy it is partly because of his play, but also here's a fact that you, a lot of people aren't going to take into consideration when they answer this bonus points. The value of winning that first game in the final four gives that player an additional 10 points in standings. If you're a real bracket junkie, 
The difference between first place and second place in your bracket is four points. So right out of the gate, the difference between Doug Zaft and the person who he beat in his, uh, the person who just won his bracket. So take Dylan Turpin. Dylan yeah. Turpin wins his bracket but loses in the final four. That The difference is 10 points. That's the value difference more than th- or equal to three places in first and fourth Whoa. in the bracket. So it's four, four, four. So really it's first, second, third, fourth in the bracket would be a difference of 12 points, whereas the difference between just those two places is 10. I know that I kind of can explain that really confusingly, but essentially what I'm saying is there's a ton of value there, which means Doug Zaff can actually come down a little bit. You know, he can, he can struggle a little bit, but if he still finishes in that top five in his bracket, he's still going to have a really good opportunity to, to make it to that airmail city. So I will buy it on a lengthy explanation. That was the no, longest buy ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Anthony go. No, I'm glad you described that. Cause that, that is interesting. And that, that does mess with the math a little bit, but I, let me just kind of put really in perspective, just really quick me. So I'm going to have a long one too, which is to kick this one. Oh, off. But we always call, <laughs> we always call players elite, right? But what does that mean? So for me, when I say elite, I'm talking the 10% of the league. So we're talking the top 25 spots in the pro division. So it's a huge, huge, huge accomplishment to be in 25 of 256. But now you're asking us to narrow that 25 elite to eight. So we're talking 3% of the entire field. Now the bonus point was a it was an interesting little curveball there. Um, Certainly my man Zaft, he killed it in Vegas, right? Those bonus points could come into play. But I kind of look at what else has he done else? What else has he done nationally? He took ninth in his bracket at an open. He's certainly trending up for me. Um, I think he was like 40-something last season. Man, that's tough now that you threw the bonus the bonus thing in there. <laughs> uh, I made you think about it. Yeah, it's I was – I was. Yeah, that's why it's almost – that guy is almost a shoe-in because he's got so many points. The difference between Matt Guy and Dylan Turpin is the same as Dylan Turpin, let's say first place in his bracket, and one, two, three, four, five, and sixth in a bracket. So some the different the distance between Matt Guy and Dylan Turpin is the same as Dylan Turpin and someone that finished uh, almost twentieth. Wow. Uh, I was this was a this was a clear sell for me. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stay I'm gonna still stick with sell and because I think Zaf does come out and has a thirtieth something place. Yeah. In a tournament, I think he's gonna have one of these tournaments where he's gonna be thirty something. Um, and then maybe a back-to-back, he comes out with like a 20th place, but then he could turn around and do a fourth or fifth. Oh, that one's hard. I'm going to sell me. Sorry. That was really long. Sorry. No, I'm okay with it because my house is breaking down and around me. Yeah. My husband is using the weed whacker outside my door. <laughs> so I apologize for the noise. Um, I'll go really quick. Duncan Clemmer, buy or sell. Uh, I'm going to sell this one because I just get too much volatility with Duncan Clemmer. Sometimes he's the best player in the country and other times he's, he's really not. It just, I get to see him at regionals in this area. And, and sometimes he's just not at that level. I'm worried about Clemmer. So I'll sell. Anthony. Yeah. 
Zafty, what do you think? Very, I was going to say very similar argument to Zaft, but he doesn't get the bonus points for me. Um, he's 25 ranked last season. I think he stays right around that 25, maybe move up a spot or down a spot or, or, or two. Uh, I'm going to sell. All right, moving into Whitney Martinez. So we're on the female side now. What do you think? Buy or sell? This one's tough because she started well enough. It, it's not the bonus points idea, but it's the idea of she has to go from the number one ranked female to number nine in order to make it to get kicked out. I'll say bye. I think she's going to have a drop off, but because she started so well, I think she's going to squeeze into that eighth or ninth spot. I'll buy. Yeah, I think so too. Anthony, what do you think? Yeah, so for the ladies, we're talking completely different math, right? So in the men's, you're talking the 3%. In the women's, one in four, right? Run One in four-ish will be a top eight just from numbers. I'm a big Whitney fan on and off the court. Although we're separated by like four or five hours of driving, we are in the same state. So I've been fortunate to play her on many occasions, watch her play live. Her two and two run at nationals was a good run for her. She's trending up from where her talent is now, but... I just, I don't see her as a top eight. I'm going to sell. I'm keeping on that theme. What about Deborah Odom? Buy or sell? She's on the bottom. She's seventh. So although I like her trending upward, I think there are some people that are not in that top eight that you're like, they're going to finish top eight. So they're going to bump somebody. I'm going to sell Odom. Yeah. Anthony, what do you think? Uh, I think she's statistically she's she's fire. I think she's like in the top eight ish in PPRs. I mean, just look at the list, right? Look, what are we talking about? You got Cheyenne Renner, Sarah Cassidy, Megan Maupin, Kaylee Hunter, Connie Altice, Samantha Finley, Allison Peters, Maya Cup, Cameron Belvin, Miranda Coy, Lori Duell. There's 11 ladies who are killing it right now. You're telling me that you're going to break into that top eight. That's tough. I'm going to sell on Deborah Odom as well. Right. All right. Last one. Dylan Turpin. Buy or sell, Trey? <clears throat> this is the hardest one on the list for me. Facts. I agree. He's playing so well right now. I I bought on Zaft, so I feel like I'm already up against a wall here. I'm going to sell and say Turpin finishes like 10th. Um, Super close. But I, I have no problem being wrong here. I think there's, I think, a very legitimate chance I'm wrong. I am going to sell, though. Anthony? Yeah, we got to give Turpin some props. But most people not know, he finished 30th in singles quietly last season. I mean, he's coming out fire out of the gate. He's putting up statistics that are off the charts. I mean, we're talking high 10s with a carpet bag. Uh, I'm going to sell Mish. I think, he, I think, uh, Trey is on to it. He's right outside of eighth. Now, if he comes out at nationals, number two in Atlantic city, ask me this question again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that, that I'm a hundred percent on board with that. If he finishes fifth in yes. Atlantic city, even if he doesn't win his bracket, if he finishes fifth in Atlantic city, yep. I'll, I'll flip that script immediately, immediately. All right. Challenge uh, accepted there, Dylan. <laughs> so that will change their, their perspective. All right. Moving into uh, Cornhole Mania Pro Doubles Brackets discussion. Uh, we're going to go through each bracket quickly here and just kind of give some thoughts. We'll start with you, Trey, with bracket A. What should we be looking out for? 
Oh, this is a tough bracket on the right side. Um, specifically, I think good news for uh, Malone and Johnson is I like their path all the way right back into the bracket final. Um, I think they can continue that momentum. On the right side, you got Windsor Herrera, you have Baldwin and Renner, and you have Hister and Henderson. So three big name teams. This is a this is a toss-up. You know, Baldwin and Renner only lost to Malone and Johnson and Graham and Guy at the last event. I think they may have a chance to kind of get back into it and win it here. I kind of like them to take the bracket, but um, I think the right side is certainly a little bit more uh, hot and heavy than the left. Anthony, what do you think about bracket A? Exactly what I was thinking. Right side, a little tougher than the left. Um, agreed. Now, now Malone and Johnson uh, kind of get a gift they maybe don't want. I think they get the buy or the team coming out of the PDC. Is that right? That's Trey? true. That's true. They do get a PDC. So it just depends on what two players the matchup. I mean, if they get two of the of the top PDC players, that could be a tough round one. But after that, they're kind of on a clear path until they run into like a Neistead and a Morellis. Um, so that'll be a good matchup and a good challenge for, for, uh, for those two to see if they can get through a Malone and Johnson bottom left. I'm going out on the limb here, Trey and Mish. I really like Megan Moppin and Kaylee Hunter to run through that quadrant in the bottom left side. This would be a perfect time for them to break out and make a statement in pro doubles, not just women's doubles. If we kind of move over to the right side, top left, you know, that there's going to be a battle between Rinzer and Herrera versus the standout rookies. Richards and Lopez. Um, so that'll be, that one's going to be the key to that whole right side. Um, ultimately, whoever wins the right side, I think wins that bracket. Yep. Yeah, that, that right side looks tough. All right, let's go into bracket B. We'll start with you, Anthony. What are your thoughts about bracket B? Bracket B, um, let's see here. Round two in the top left side of that bracket B will be some good matches. You're going to have Trzinski yeah. and Hogue versus Foreman and Creek Killer. That one's going to be fire. Uh, you're also going to have Harbaugh and King versus Grindersleeve and Batson in the second round, all up in that top. Um, I mean, if this was last season, I'd say Grindersleeve and Batson get Harbaugh and King all day. But Harbaugh King trending up. Grindersleeve's Batson kind of trending down a little bit. Uh, I like a, a final uh, out of that left side of Foreman Creek Killer versus Harbaugh King. Uh, on the right side, we have an interesting new pairing here. Jimmy McGuffin and Matthew Sorrells. That's actually a much tougher seed for Singleton and Shermerhorn yeah. um, than they were probably expecting. That was probably an unexpected matchup. So tough round one for those two. They're going to have their hands full with McGuffin and Sorrells. Bottom right, the Colorado team, Tay Harris and Gino DeLisa, have got to be happy with that lower quadrant. They could rattle off two quick wins in a row if they play like they normally do, but then they're going to run into a model and slow bomb or a Morse Almanza. Bracket final, I like Freeman uh, Creek Killer versus model and slow bomb. Yeah, Anthony, me, what are your thoughts on Bragged B? Yeah, me real quick, I would just say I have on my paper Shermer Horn and Singleton. Ouch. Because <laughs> they got to play McGuffin and Sorrell's first game. So that's tough. Here's my, this isn't my hot take, but I think it's spicy enough. It could have been my hot take. Foreman and Creek Killer and Noah Smith and Tony, uh, and Noah Smith, Noah Wooten and Tony Smith kind of can align to play against each other. I think if they end up playing against each other, the winner of that wins the whole bracket. Okay. Mm, interesting. There's my bold, spicy hot That take. is a hot take. All right. What about bracket C? We'll start with you, Trey. Uh, I have uh, the top left is pretty tough. Um, 
Jacob Beamer and Ashton Spees, you get the three seed. Uh, congratulations. We're going to give you top 10 team from last year, Duncan Clemmer and Brandon Jones. So I hope you enjoyed your three seed because um, that just <laughs> stinks. Although Clemmer and Jones trending downward, don't like, don't like where they've been playing recently. I really, really, really like the path for the Hollands in this bracket. Derek yes. and Josh Holland, they get a little bit of a runway before they have to start playing some top talent. I think ultimately this, I, I pegged them kind of as, as, as the favorite in, in bracket C to, to take down the whole thing. You agree, Anthony? Yeah, yeah, saying a lot of the same things. I will mention one thing different here. Left side, though, we're going to find out early what – what version of Cobbs and humans we're going to get? Cause they're going to yes. hit Birchfield Rawls early. If yep. they get through that match, I think Cobb humans go deep. Um, so that'll be a, a huge match for them. In the bottom line agree on that. Yeah. yeah if like they double. win, if they win that game, yes, but they have to win it first. Got to win it. Got to win it. Bottom left, Zockline, Halbert, uh, the favorites, but they're going to get some resistance from Zaft Hadley. And potentially a little John and Foreman. I mean, they showed up better than expected in Vegas. It'd be interesting to see if they do it again. Um, share the same thing on the right side. I think the Hollands have a clear path before they run into a Spees Beamer or a, a Clemmer Jones. Um, yeah, like you said, tough. I think Clemmer Jones are coming in like 30-something seeds. So that's a tough, a tough matchup for them. But in that bottom quadrant, um, there's some tough teams down there too. You got Guy and Davis as well as Turpin Gonzalez. Gonzalez is going to be the key here. Um, if Gonzalez can get hot, Turpin is going to do his part. Those teams could get through a guy, Davis, and make a deep run out of that right side, too. All right, last we got Bracket D. Now, in our first national, Bracket D was D for death. So yeah. uh, curious to hear which one you think that's going to be uh, for this one. But what do you think about Bracket D, Anthony? I mean, just, just to touch on your death comment, I kind of feel like the brackets really leveled out quite a bit. I mean, they nothing did. was crazy, right? Um, left side, Ruben and Power in that bracket D. I mean, they're coming in as number one seed. They'll snap off two quick wins. Then they run into either the Ochoas or Washington uh, Stranger to take that upper quadrant. Um, Ruben Power, you know, they made the run at Nationals number one. I totally expect them to make a deep run again. Bottom left, I think it's time for Ryan Smith and Eric Anderson to get going and go deep. Um, they should also snap off a couple quick wins before they run into like a, a Love Jonas or a Labrador Williams. That'll kind of get them, you know, give them a decent match before they run into Ruben and Power. But I think that left side final is going to be Ruben Power versus Smith Anderson. Right side, here come Jamie Graham and Matt Guy. They were cut short at national number one. Uh, I know they're coming in motivated. They'll get tested in game two. I mean, right out of the gate, they're going to get a tough matchup out of the West with Josh Thielen and Corey Gilbert, who are doing really good right now. Um, I know that they're looking at that game 21 saying, here is our time to show everyone that the West is coming and we're as good as the West is hyping us to be. So that's going to be a big match for them. Um, also in that top quadrant, you got Saley and Stevens. Um, they're, a, they're a 10 seed. Uh, they could do some work finding themselves up against a Bernaset and Guffs. And I think that was a, yeah, that's a round one match there. So that'll be a tough matchup right out of the gate. I do like Bernaset Guffs as a favorite out of that, but um, certainly those two could snatch it out of their bottom, right? Another wide open quadrant. We're either, we're either going to see Ryder Presley make a deep run again, or Sims gross of old is going to come out and wipe out that bottom quadrant. Um, I think that's how it's going to play out. But then you could get a sneaky team like a Schultz Kitchen 
or a Braun Webb who have been on the broadcast before maybe sneak out a quadrant. So I kind of feel like that bottom that bottom right quadrant's wide open, Trey. What do you think, Andre? Yep. yep, I totally agree. Um, yeah, the bottom right quadrant is probably the most wide open. Uh, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm, I'm going to say it's going to come down to Josh Grosh, AJ Sims, and the old man and Cameron Presley. So, I mean, I really like what I'm seeing from Cameron Presley. I'm telling you, I get yeah. to see Cameron play on a regular basis. You know, uh, Ryder, I mean, he's just got to he's just got to play decent. Uh, Presley has been that good. Ultimately, though, Anthony, uh, you said a lot. Um it's 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 Jordan Power, Jay Rubin versus Jamie Graham and that guy. Like, Max. I mean, <laughs> sure. Uh, I'll, fine, I'll be the bad guy. I'll be the yeah. bad guy and and break it down to simplicity's sake. But it, it's 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 those two. Who's gonna win? I mean, if they don't, if if that's not the finals, somebody screwed up. So somebody somebody didn't play well. So I, I think it's Graham and guys to to lose with Power and Rubin kind of coming in to try to repeat, make a final four. I think that's a fair assessment. All right, moving into our holy hot takes. Trey, what's your hot take? You already kind of gave us one earlier, but we get another one. I gave a pretty spicy one. This one may be spicy, maybe not. Mark Richards sweeps the weekend at the Open. Oh, you stole, stole my hot take. <laughs> oh, oh, my no. hot take. Oh. Got him. Oh, <laughs> smokes. All right, we're going to share okay, this Anthony, week's hot take. Just take Trey's other hot take. It's fine. He, he gave us yes. two. I can I can stick with my other. I got two hot takes now, like super hot. Literally have Richards not just winning singles or doubles, sweeping. That's awesome yes. that you said the same thing. I'm going. I'm. We got a we got a double hot take. Let's go. Yep. My hot take is I might murder my husband for weed whacking during recording around the ACL. <laughs> uh -oh. No, just kidding. <laughs> of all the timing, no, I was gonna jokingly give one that at the national we're gonna see a a, a breakout fight about the step over like should people step over the line should they not step over the line and <laughs> yes the chat goes crazy Just arguing fight. about it um yeah. so there's my very uh lukewarm take because it always happens but that's all we got this week we will see you all next time and enjoy your cornhole this weekend